Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Bibliotech On Air. Today we have a special interview. As y'all know, we like to meet the staff. And today we're going to go in depth with the director of Bibliotech herself, Laura Cole. Thanks for being on here with us, Laura. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> I'm thrilled. Oh, we're very excited to have you. Absolutely. It's been a long time coming. Uh, you're, you are the staff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, not exactly, but um, I'm glad to be here. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So just to start off, we're going to ask you um, to get us started here and to help everyone get a bit familiar with you. So tell us about a normal workday at Bibliotech for you. Gosh, um, you know, my normal workday is really, really involves making sure that your normal workday goes well um, and, and making sure that you all have everything you need, that you have the support you need, that you have the resources that you need. And, and those resources are everything. I mean, it's not just the resources at the branch, but it's the resources from the county that you need. You know, the um, making sure that communication is is well coordinated between all the departments with uh, that you have HR support, that you have support from the auditor, that you have funding, that you have um, that you have personnel around you that can, you know, make these this library run. And that's really what I do. Um, It sounds it's very much administration. Mm-hmm. And and it's also making sure that we have a sustainable future for bibliotech, um, working with those outside groups um, that are going to enhance what it is that we do here in the branches, make it go out to the community, uh, making sure people know who we are. Um, that's kind of, it's, it's a little general, mm-hmm. but that's pretty much my day. Nice. I feel like you guys are always like five steps ahead as well. <laughs> I wish I, that's always the goal, uh-huh. right? Um, that we are five steps ahead, that we're always thinking mm-hmm. down the road right. as opposed to today. Yeah, definitely. Alrighty. So as the director of Bibliotech, how important is it to stay tech savvy and to stay on top of the latest tech news to possibly implement them at the branches? Because we are a digital library, so... For me, for me personally, it isn't so important that I know all the tech stuff because I don't. And it's not even my real, um, the tech stuff isn't really where my head is at all the time. It is important for me to have the right people to know what that stuff is mm-hmm. and to always be working with them to figure out what, the, what, what those advances are. You know, there are a lot of, and this happens, this has happened constantly since Bibliotech began, Technology moves really very quickly, and there is a lot of technology that's really exciting and um, really purposeful, but it doesn't make sense in our library. And so what we have to determine is what of those million technical advances are important to us, and what can we use, and what are just there for the sake of being there. And I don't, I don't really want to waste my time with that. Mm-hmm. You know, there are other, there are other agencies, there are other um, professions, there are other opportunities for that kind of technology to be highlighted. It doesn't make sense necessarily in our library. I remember one time um, somebody came to us with the concept of um, an eye scanner. Oh, wow. Um, at our libraries for rec- an eye scanner recognition. Uh-huh. I was like, 
what does that have to do with our <laughs> life? Uh-huh. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, absolutely cool. Uh-huh. But is that something that's going to further our mission? Mm-hmm. Is that something that we need to further our mission? Or is that going to help people access the library better? Is that going to, you know, I, I think that's where we have to really take a look. Because we could easily get sidetracked. Yeah, right? we definitely. Could, and, and I think uh, it's important to always be mission-minded. Mm-hmm. Right, instead of all the glitz or, you know, right. having yeah. all the glamour. All the glam, I mean, yeah. And that's that's very cool stuff. Um, and it, it, you know, it might have implications. Show me how it would, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Demonstrate to me how that's going to make a difference for us. And then we'll then we'll look at it. Uh-huh. Having an eye scanner makes us better? Cool. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, I can't imagine, you know, like, all right, Cirque Station, just go ahead and scan your retina over at Station 4 <laughs> and you'll be on that computer <laughs> <That's> today. <laughs> You know, just swipe your barcode. Yeah, <laughs> your good old library card. <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, tell us a little bit about the steps and procedures that you have had to take into consideration working with SAISD and what it means to you now that Bibliotech is expanding with EDU opening this year and Lerma soon to follow. Gosh, goodness. Um, so much. <laughs> you know, we started our conversations with SAISD about three years ago um, about, you know, creating this hybrid library that would serve both as a public library and as a school library. And um, I think, you know, there are so many more considerations. As a public library, our focus is obviously on everyone. The school district's focus is on their students mm-hmm and a particular age group. So, you know, they think of things that we don't necessarily think of. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, a, a school system is a, a much more hierarchical um, organization. There's a lot more layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, it's, um, it's a little different. We've we've really had to open ourselves up to understanding their needs and what their priorities are, and making sure that they mesh with ours. And sometimes those things can um, be a little; they can clash a little bit. Not necessarily with SAISD, but in general. For example, one of the considerations we're really having to consider right now is the fact that um, there's a, a big movement of challenge in school libraries. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that that isn't necessarily the district doing that, that's coming from the outside. So we have to be aware uh, and be sensitive to the fact that um, some people may object to the idea of our library and having everything in our library as a public library mm-hmm. uh, be accessible to students. Um, so we've had to make some accommodations for that. Our students at, at the district now, it's not going to be an automatic registration. They're going to register with their parents' permission just as they would for a regular public library. Mm-hmm. Um, so in that way, we're not we're not forcing any material. Not, not that school libraries do that either, mm-hmm. but um, that way we're making it a choice. You yeah. will opt in with the consent of your parents to mm-hmm. be able to use all of our digital resources. Those are the kind of considerations. Also, the fact that, you know, we're a public library. We allow anybody in our library anytime, as long as they don't cause a problem, as long as they, you know, um, conform to our, our code of conduct. Everyone in our library is welcome. Well, 
school campuses aren't open to everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a much more rigid mm-hmm. um, policy about who is let onto the campus. So we've had to cons- make those kinds of considerations as well and make sure that they, they mesh, mm-hmm. correct? So we are going to have differentiated hours, hours that are open exclusively for the benefit of the students and their families, and then we open it up to the public library and the public. And once that happens, then you know the, the shift changes, security changes, et cetera, et cetera. So mm-hmm. you know, I think that that mesh of trying our ethical obligation mm-hmm. um, to be open and as free as possible to the public at large has to really blend well and satisfy the more restrictive requirements of the school district. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's a lot of thinking. Oh, well, and there's a, you know, it, it, it manifests itself in ways that you really wouldn't consider until you mm-hmm. get down into the nitty gritty and you work through these scenarios and go, oh, oh that's not going to work. Yeah. So, um, but we really want to be good partners with the school district. They want to be good partners with us. We think this is a great gift mm-hmm. um, to the entire community. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely. I really like that it's going to be open to the public as well after school hours because there are a lot of amazing equipment in there for the public to utilize. Um, Like there's going to be a recording studio where all of this wonderful equipment is going to go to so the students can make their own podcast. The public can then make their own podcast, their own recording um, effects, anything that they need. Yes, yes. And then the makerspace as well. The makerspace. Yeah, the robotics lab. The robotics lab. You know, we've never had in any of our library branches a space that was dedicated exclusively to robotics. We've mm-hmm. always had to like, move furniture oh, and yeah, you know, um, make room. And, and this, uh, this space is going to be specifically designed for robotics, which is exciting. That is exciting. I can't imagine what that's going to look like. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. It's going to look awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, we just toured the branch uh, not too recently. Um, There's even those cubicles, those quiet, so the students can go and study on their own. Yes, Um, yes. Those are amazing as well. You know, one of the things that we've never been able to afford space-wise in Bibliotech is a place, you know, we like like Bibliotechs to be a library where it's sort of active learning, and you can hear a, a certain level of learning noise. I mean, it's not rowdy or crazy, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, you expect a certain hum of activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never had the opportunity. We've never had enough space to carve out a quiet study room, mm-hmm. a place where people can go and spend their time studying in silence. And for a lot of students, that's very important. Mm-hmm. Um, they get overwhelmed during the day, and they need a place where they can just kind of cocoon Mm -hmm. and I'm very excited that we have that space Mm -hmm. um, in this new branch yeah definitely that's very exciting that's something that I would only see on like college campuses right so for high schoolers to have that kind of resource available that's amazing for sure because sometimes I don't know if you remember but like it was not easy trying to find just that one space in high school whether even in the library itself because you know you had your little groups of kids everywhere but just finding that one isolated space where you could just either decompress for a bit and then try and focus exactly so having those little like just individual study rooms or you know cubicles that's going to be a big thing for several students out there especially ones who are more probably prone to anxiety or don't like being around people yeah i mean i think so much goes on in a school day Mm -hmm. that uh you just oftentimes you just need to chill yeah (laughs) you just need to take some time and and put the world away for a bit 
That's exciting. I can't wait for the students to be utilizing that space and get comfortable in that space and recognizing that that's their library. And I'm very excited for the the public to enjoy it as well. As you mentioned, we will have all kinds of amenities that the public can use. Mm -hmm. We've got a beautiful community space. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going to be wonderful. Yeah, very exciting. Um, outdoor patio too that's yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes it's going to be in some nice landscaping and hopefully it won't be like 110 degrees (laughs) hopefully yeah texas yeah (laughs) but so speaking of um edu recently opening up we even have lerma's soon to be opening up as well um so we had uh, a question are there any more branches that are being planned right now to be you know there are there there are always opportunities for bibliotech and people come to us with ideas for bibliotech all the time mm-hmm. and some of them make sense and some of them may may require a little bit more thought mm-hmm. um so yes i mean i think it's interesting to me because we and in 2 weeks as of September 14th we will be celebrating our nine-year anniversary of opening our first branch at Bibliotech South. Wow. Yeah. So in nine years, we have opened up. This will be our, our fourth branch. So mm-hmm. basically, every other year, we've been opening up a branch. All of a sudden this year, we've got Lerma's mm-hmm. um, in the background coming up mm-hmm. quickly. Um, there has been discussion about some other potential locations that I really can't go into right now because they're not really fleshed out. But all of a sudden, we're talking about potentially, you know, on the horizon, two or three more branches that are already sort of in the thinking, in the ideation stage. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's crazy. It's like a it's like a snowball. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but that's great, uh-huh. and it's wonderful that people see bibliotech. They're interested in it. They're excited about it. They want to bring it to their communities. Oh yeah, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, the the restrictions are always how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the one of the iterations of Bibliotech that I'm also very excited about that's going to be coming up in the next year is Bibliotech Nina, and this is in partnership with Girls Inc. Um, they uh, Girls Inc. is is creating a new headquarters basically, mm-hmm. um, and they've been in the construction phase for a while, but they've carved out. Um, a reasonably um, small, when you compare it to bibliotech, a, a sort of a micro bibliotech. Mm-hmm. The idea for Bibliotech Nina is that we will go in, they will have resources available through our library. We will go in, we will train adult volunteers who will then train the girls, and mm-hmm. they can then, it's sort of a, 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 a workforce development program. Mm-hmm. They will learn about librarianship. Um, and they will actually operate Bibliotech wow. on site, a sort of a small uh-huh. version of Bibliotech. And I think that that is probably one of the most exciting things I have ever mm-hmm. um, thought about. You know, we will go in periodically and conduct programming. We will teach them about how libraries work, what an ILS system is, mm-hmm. um, you know, how you maintain records and, and those kinds of things. And they will run um, Bibliotech Nina. Wow, that's neat. I, I know that's very. I neat. think it, they had me at the name uh-huh. when they when they came to us and said Nina. they said we're thinking about Bibliotech Nina. And I said okay, sold, I'm sold, done. definitely done. Yeah, that's amazing. I love spaces when they're community driven, right? Like by volunteers, right? And exactly. They're solely there because they have a passion for it and that's they right. want to spread that passion. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. 
That's exciting. That's kind of what happened with Lermis too, isn't it? How it was like a community driven. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a history behind that. Uh, 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 the late Commissioner Paul Elizondo had a, a strong drive. That was his precinct. It was it was precinct two, and it's only about two miles from here, yeah. by the way, down the road. And uh, he was very very passionate about about the old Lermis Dance Hall, and it's a historic building, and he mm-hmm. really wanted to see, you know, redevelopment of that space and serve that community, and it's going to serve the community in a variety of ways. And um, he just had this idea that it was perfect to have bibliotech there, so he he worked on that. He's since passed away, sadly, but uh, that vision he he secured funding for that mm-hmm. <laughs> for that branch before. And um, so now is just the time to get it started. Now they're ready for us to get started there. Yeah, and that's snowballing too. That's snowballing too, right. (laughs) Right, right. So we just put out um, an RFQ for um, architectural services. And the court, I think that's going to be going to court to negotiate that contract. Um, I think the first court session of September, and then things will get started. Wow. That's moving along really yeah, fast very very fast you guys like to stay busy yeah, up we, in the admin we, we do it sometimes i think it looks like we don't we're just spinning our wheels but really it's a very active uh-huh. time yeah definitely i feel like we just heard about lermis yeah. and then it's like oh okay it's it's already oh okay it's going by fast. it's going there's 10 more branches being planned <laughs> i know i know i know and sometimes i feel like that too only because you know there is so much buzz about bibliotech and I think initially the idea with Bibliotech was that we would open the the branch on the south side and somewhere, you know, nine, ten years ago, we thought, well, it would make sense then to put a Bibliotech in each of the four precincts. Mm -hmm. Um, And and we've done that. We've got, obviously, Precinct 2. Lanamas is going to be Precinct 2. We've Mm -hmm. got Precinct 1, which is south. We've got Precinct 4, which is east. Then EDU became an opportunity. Um... And that's also precinct four. So now we're kind of doubling up on on mm-hmm. precincts, um, and there's still not a branch in precinct three. And it isn't that we're not interested in doing that. It's that we want to make sure that we find a, a a location, an appropriate location. You kind of walk a, a delicate balance with selecting a location mm-hmm. for the branch because, first of all, the whole point of a bibliotech branch. The whole reason you have a branch library is for, for to provide access for people who wouldn't have it otherwise, mm-hmm. to provide internet access, to, to provide device access. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Precinct 3, it's harder to find a location where people are denied that access. I mean, there are pockets. There mm-hmm. are definitely pockets. But the whole point of having a branch is that you drive traffic there. Mm-hmm. If you just want to use our resources, anybody can do that as long as you have um, internet available to you, as long as you have a device available to you. You don't need to come to our branch. Mm-hmm. So then there's there's that. You want to drive the traffic. You want to make sure that people have access. But sometimes then the farther out you go where you know people don't have access, you also don't have people. Mm-hmm. So... You know, there's a there's the balance of we want to make sure we've got we provide access to everybody, but we also want to make sure that there are people there to use it. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, it's it's a real a, a lot of thought goes into mm-hmm. where the appropriate locations are. Mm-hmm. 
I think sense, yeah, all the locations <laughs> so far already have been placed very strategically yes. to be available. We have a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, I just walked here. That's right. Just took the bus here. The bus stop is right in front of us. And, and that's like, fantastic. Yeah. That's fantastic. Like I live upstairs. Let me go, you know, <laughs> yeah. grab that's, something real I think quick. that that's one of the beautiful, um, really ideas behind uh, public library and public housing, you know, I just live upstairs. Mm -hmm. I need to go downstairs and use a computer. I need to go downstairs and print something out. Mm -hmm. I need to go downstairs and ask one of the staff members if they can assist me in finding, you know, the appropriate resource for XYZ. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we will be back after these messages. Does the idea of personal and professional development books sound like a good idea to you, but you just don't have the time or the energy to read the whole books? Well, check out Read It For Me. They have concise 12 to 14 minute summaries of some of the best personal and professional development books. It's for free with your library card. And now we're back. So going back to Bibliotech EDU opening, uh, what are some steps, procedures you've had to take into consideration working in tandem with SAISD? What is the biggest difference that you're seeing or expecting with this being part of a school system? You know, I think I touched on it a little bit yeah. before, but security is a big issue. And certainly, you know, everyone is hypersensitive now. Um, we were sensitive to their security concerns before, and then um, this with the unfortunate um, situation with Uvalde, that has really heightened everyone's awareness of what we need to be looking at, where we need to be thinking. Um, and I, I, I think that that's just always a prominent, prominent concern for everyone is security. And as if kids don't have enough to think about. When yeah. Right. So yeah. we want to make sure, we want to sort of alleviate that for the students and their parents as much as we can. Mm hmm so is there a resource that you feel you'd like to see more people use or talk about at Bibliotech? And, yeah, um... so many. <laughs> I, you know, uh, honestly, the one that I really want to see, there, I could talk about three or four, so I might do that. <laughs> do it. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> I like Read It For Me a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's a wonderful service, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you all have ever used it, mm -hmm. but uh, it's there are so many of those professional development books or um, personal development books that you hear about or that are kind of buzzy or people talk about them a lot. And I personally am not really all that interested in any of them mm -hmm. to sit down and sacrifice my very valuable reading time on behalf of one of those books. Mm -hmm. I really, I'm not gonna because it's not that important. Like I really want to engage in a nice fiction book or, mm -hmm. or something like that. Um, but you know, these are digestible 12 minute videos, mm -hmm. um, that take all the salient points of those books and you can have a discussion then. Oh, oh it's yeah. Not, uh, yeah, I know what that <laughs> book is. You know, it's like you're sitting around with a bunch of people that you, you know, you want to impress them. It's like, Oh, I got that. You know, I know what those six points and, and of, of success. And I know what he talks about. There. You know, it's great. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah, it's, uh, I really, and, and it's, he's pleasant. Steve Cunningham, um, does all the the presentations and he's a pleasant presenter and it's really easily managed. I like that mm -hmm. a lot. Um, another um, another one that I really like is Medici TV. Oh yeah, <laughs> I really like Medici TV and um, I think it's 
because it's it's a, a resource that I just like to chill out to. I like to I love classical music. Mm-hmm. I like to listen to it. I love ballet. I love opera. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a really nice resource. And it recently added jazz. So that's, oh, cool. that's yeah, exciting. Super cool. Um, I was actually worked an election about a year ago. And I was just working with one of the other volunteers. And he found out... Um, that I was with Bibliotech, and he said, oh, my gosh, I love Medici TV. Mm-hmm. He was a timpani player for the San Antonio Symphony. Oh, oh that's awesome. And, uh, he was like, I, I watch Medici all the time. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, goodness. Target yeah. audience. Target. I know. Exactly. Exactly. And I think for us sometimes it's just a matter of getting the right resource the message to the right audience. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a big Masterclass fan. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud that we were able to get Masterclass for our library. It's a unique uh, way of presenting. That's a wonderful resource, and uh, people really enjoy it. I'm so proud that we can offer that to the community. Yeah, that's a a huge resource. I remember you were speaking when you went to a library convention that you were showing it off because of the other the other libraries were like, you have Masterclass? You got Masterclass? Yeah, yeah it was really exciting. You're like, hair flip. I, I do. do. Yeah. How did you get Masterclass? We asked them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So. So do you have, uh, right now, what is your favorite resource to use that Bibliotech has? You know, I use, I, I read Cloud Library all the time. I've always got like four or five books checked out. Um, mm-hmm. on, I don't always read them, and sometimes like I start them, and then I will, um, you know, I should have looked this up before I came here because I could, I'm somebody at my church is a mathematician, and he wanted me to read How Not to Be Wrong, The Power of Mathematical Thinking. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. So I checked, you know, we've got it on Bibliotech, so I checked it out. And I started it, and it's a little dry. Uh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but I feel obligated to read it. It's going to take me a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it's, he's, you know, he thinks everybody in the world needs to read this book. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. For you, I will give it a shot. Exactly, exactly. It's not my genre at all, uh-huh. but I'll, I'll give it a try. And that's kind of flattery right there when, oh, you know, is. someone recommends a book and you're like, oh, I don't want to, but because it's you <laughs> and I appreciate your value yeah. in some way, I will put in the effort to mm-hmm. read that for you. I know. And I, um, I'm always proud when people say, oh, this is the greatest book. And I go and I check, we've got it on Bibliotech. Yeah. You know, it's right here. Uh-huh. You know, and I, I could start reading it right now. I, <laughs> see, that's, that's, that's just it. And mm-hmm. that's why I love it. And that's why I am so proud that we can do that. When, when people talk, I can't tell you, uh, you know, how many times People have said, oh, I really, I'm interested in this book. Well, if you have a bibliotech card, it's right here. Mm-hmm. You know, we have it. You can start reading it right now. Mm-hmm. It's great. I love it. We've got, uh, we've got, obviously, uh, Haley does a great job in mm-hmm. terms of our collections, making sure we're current, making sure that, um, you know, she's looking up all of, she's, you know, checks all the reviews, makes sure that we've got a quality collection. She does a great job. Oh, yeah, definitely. I know one of our hot um, books we have right now is that I'm glad my mom died. Oh, oh yeah, yes, I've mm-hmm. I've I've seen that. I haven't I haven't started it. I just finished reading actually when no one is watching by uh, Alyssa Cole. I'm not sure how I felt about it honestly. <laughs> um, it was um, 
I, I have my own personal critiques of the book, but a lot of people, it was a bestseller, so a lot of people must have really liked it. Mm -hmm. um, I would I would encourage one of you to, to read it and tell me what you think. Okay. Um, oh, that might be fun for a book talk oh, yeah, in the yeah, future. Right, right. Really exactly. Talk about it. Yeah, that would be fun to have like a little group discuss yeah. um, feelings. <laughs> feelings. <laughs> so what do you think about the book? A lot. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I, have, I had so many thoughts. <laughs> yeah. oh, so when Bibliotech is at outreach events, what do you hope that new potential patrons and other organizations take from us or learn about us? This is funny because I, I'm, I'm glad to answer this question, actually, because we were at the book festival and it was just ungodly hot oh, yeah. oh mean, my god it was it was so hot and we had we had staff there all day uh, i think we were in two shifts but our tent was so lively and so much fun and our staff was having just a good time uh -huh. and we were attracting so many patrons and we had the little spinny thing for prizes oh, yeah. and for registrations and um I hope when we go to outreach events like that, people read our enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean that literally, that mm -hmm. people read our enthusiasm for what it is we do, because it makes me so proud um, that that kind of bleeds over oh, yeah. in, into the community. And I think that's one of the things that honestly we do best oh yeah we yeah we are a hit at outreach yes events. absolutely absolutely <laughs> and i i think the library should be fun yeah i mean if there's anything in the world i think it should encourage people i think it should uphold people i think it should enliven people mm -hmm. yeah, yeah i mean it's not only with the technology demonstrations that mm -hmm. sometimes they take out but all the like the wheel you said uh, yeah. carlos and his outreach team um always think about things to take at the outreach event oh, yeah they killed it at yeah. the book fest yeah <laughs> and i hear the staff sort of describing you know describing our resources and there's punch in their voices you know and mm -hmm. there's they they're knowledgeable and uh they're enthusiastic and i'm so proud of that mm -hmm. it's not a dry uh uh presentation at all oh yeah just a table with some pens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, or like, what are you guys? A library. Yeah. We do books. We and that's it, books. you know. It's like, no, we're more than that. We're a we're fun cool. library. We're a cool <laughs> library. We are cool. That's right. That's right. Uh, so um, what about when you have to travel to conventions outside of San Antonio or Texas? Um, how do you make it so that Bibliotech can really wow the people or organizations who might not know who we are? That's really interesting. Um, that does that does happen. I'm always I'm I think I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this or you probably neither of you were probably around at this time, obviously, but. I went to my very first ALA conference, and this was before Bibliotech even opened. Mm. And ALA is the largest professional conference in the United States. It is huge. And this is my first time. We hadn't even opened the library yet, and I was there with a couple other staff members. And this was all brand new to me. And obviously, you know, drinking from a fire hose. It was just incredible. And I just happened to go into uh, an education session that I thought it sounded interesting. And it was about storytelling. How do you tell the story of who you are and what you do? And I thought that would be very important for Bibliotech and for me to start learning about that. And so I was sitting in this room with about 200 other people. I'm way at the back and the guy is up there. He's a 
talking about the exciting things that are happening in the library world that need a story or that will, will you know, need to be incorporated in other people's stories. All of a sudden he puts up a map and there's this little dot in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, what's that? And, you know, there were three of them. He, he, someplace in the East Coast, someplace, I think, in the West Coast. And then there was this Texas. And he's like, you know what they're doing in Texas? They're opening up an entirely digital library in San Antonio. Oh, wow. and, the, and, he, and, he, and he showed a slide that had some of the photos from press releases and stuff. And I screamed. I, li- I literally, I was in the back and I went, <laughs> and I was, and people started looking at me. Uh-huh. And, and that was my first experience going to a conference as part of Bibliotech. Well, the next year, it seemed like everybody knew about Bibliotech and everybody wanted to talk about Bibliotech. And it's sort of been like that every year since. And so I'm always a little bit indignant when somebody doesn't know what bibliotech is. And How I say, dare you? Exactly. How dare you? Exactly. It's like, what, do you live in a hole? <laughs> um, I, I'm always a little, what? Mm-hmm. Um, so it is an opportunity for us to talk about all the exciting things. And then all we have to do is start to talk about it mm-hmm. and start to really explore what that means for, for the library mm-hmm. that all of a sudden everybody's eyes open and they kind of gasp and they say, how do we do that? Well, mm-hmm. you know, we'll tell you. It's, it's not that hard. Um, the thing that is significant about Bibliotech, and I always say this, Bibliotech didn't make waves all over the world for being a tech center. There's, there are tech centers all over the country. There are places where you can go, anybody can do that. You can stick a bunch of computers in a room and anybody can be cool. Mm-hmm. That's not what ba- makes Bibliotech cool. What, what makes Bibliotech cool is the fact that it fundamentally changes the way the library functions and mm-hmm. the way the library interacts with the public. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden, there's not a destination that you have to go to. You're the destination. We bring you the information. We bring you the resources. You are the important focal person here, mm-hmm. um, not the place where you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you think about the ramifications of that, it really opens up a world of opportunities. And that's what's so captivating about Bibliotech. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think that's how you get people excited when you when you sort of lay out how this makes a difference for you and your community. Mm-hmm. You can have a library anywhere. You know, it doesn't have. You don't have to spend gobs and gobs of money to deliver resources. You don't have to have a huge environmental footprint um, to enrich your community. So. Mm-hmm. It definitely helps that you're very enthusiastic and passionate about it. You didn't lose like, or kind of, you know, your energy didn't drop or you just like, eh, it's another thing I do, I guess. No, it's awesome to see that from like day one, even though I wasn't around for then, but you know, up until now, you're just so supportive and excited. And I think that's definitely a lot of what's going to get people hyped about that too. They're going to feedback from that excitement. Well, and honestly, it helps a lot with staff, with mm-hmm. y'all. I mean, think about what you all are doing. You're looking at ways that you can enrich and enhance the library experience as well. You're doing a podcast. I mean, these are the kinds of examples that I see throughout our branches with our staff. Mm-hmm. They're bringing what they have because they're excited too. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of like, ooh. Um, it's, it's, 
it helps we all build off each other. Oh, yeah, definitely. I Everyone mean, get hyped. I remember yeah. when I first started with Bibliotech, it was just a breath of fresh air to see everyone like enjoying where they work and just having such a passion for our Honestly. mission and what we do and what we provide for the community. You know, everybody like up to the admin just has a pa that passion for Bibliotech. And just the fact that they love working for the community, working with people and providing all these um, opportunities and resources mm -hmm. for yeah. everybody. Yeah. And, and it, you know, we also, I think we receive a lot from the patrons too. Mm -hmm. That's always exciting to know that uh, they appreciate it. Oh yeah, definitely. I love um, the fact that you have us reflect as well, a positive patron at the end of every day to think about, oh, sometimes we have multiple po like positive patrons that we want to add in mm -hmm. there. Um, so that's always nice to reflect on at the end that's of the day. It's really important to reflect on mm -hmm. that because it is easy to take a job for granted. It mm -hmm. is easy to go, oh, it's another day. Mm -hmm. But the fact that when you stop and think and when you stop and remember what you did for somebody and how they felt about it and how they're going to be a different person. Mm -hmm. That's huge. It makes it all worthwhile. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Really <laughs> uh, with programming, too. I love seeing the staff, um, their new ideas. Oh, they're and great, aren't with they? It. Yeah. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. And, you know, and, and Bralia has also been a big, a big boon to mm -hmm. Bibliotech because she brings so many fresh ideas and she helps you all mm -hmm. um, to make yours better. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's, again, a tremendous asset. We have the best staff. I know. <laughs> we do. We have, we have wonderful, wonderful employees. Everybody is great. Mm -hmm. And we will be back after these messages. Just like Laura mentioned in this episode, Masterclass is one of the many resources that Bibliotech offers. Take tons of classes and watch tons of videos with many famous celebrities. From videos about cooking with Gordon Ramsay to show writing with Issa Rae, Masterclass has it all. And now we're back. So can you tell us about any future plans for Bibliotech or yourself? <laughs> Gosh, um... As I said, we have a number of ideas about the next place where Bibliotech might belong. Mm -hmm. We are going to be, um, we're going to have a new administration uh, come January. You mm -hmm. know, Judge Wolf has, the Bibliotech was Judge Wolf's idea. Mm -hmm. um, he was the impetus behind Bibliotech. He's been a driving force for Bibliotech. It isn't that I... I think that Bibliotech's going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I've, I've already, you know, I've had conversations with potential candidates for that role and, you know, Bibliotech is exciting to them. Um, so I'm not worried about that part of it, but Bibliotech could potentially look different in the next few years. The other thing is, is it's really time, I think, um, for us to take a look. Bibliotech's been around now for nine years. Mm-hmm. I always said that if we were functioning the same way 10 years from now as we were when we started, we were doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. Because time marches on, technology mm -hmm. moves on. The way people are, think of everything that's happened in the last 10 years. Think of COVID, think mm -hmm. of you know um, the, the political climate. Everything has changed in 10 years. 
So we should be changing too. So mm -hmm. we will be undergoing um, a strategic planning process in the next couple of years to decide what is it that we look like? Where's our relevance? How is that going to continue into the future? That's, that's a big plan for, for me mm -hmm. um, for the next couple of years. Again, more of that administrative planning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so do you currently have a favorite author or genre at the moment? You know, I I have so many. I, I alternate. One of my favorite genres, honestly, and it's been my favorite since for the past nine years, is I love rock and roll biographies and autobiographies. Mm -hmm. I like I consume them. I can't get enough of them. And some of some of them are artists or, or musicians that I don't even I'm not really even interested. I don't even like them. But their stories are interesting oh, to yeah. me. And I and I love them. And one of the reasons I love them so much is because these are people that just don't stop, mm -hmm. you know, faced with every adversity in the world. And they just don't stop. They just don't give up. Mm -hmm. They just don't give up. And And I would have given up like years ago. Yeah. And these people, like so many of them, I, I read Chrissy Hines' um, autobiography and she was talking about, you know, sleeping on people's floors and, and even when they're starting to make music and get a name for themselves and, and spending time with, you know, very reputable people, they're still sleeping on people's floors and they mm -hmm. still don't have any money and they, and, and they just keep going. Yeah. And I think, you're kidding me. How many years has this been going on? And you're still doing like I would have, you know, I would have been working at Macy's yeah. or something. I really would have. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that what's exciting for me about that is that it just shows me drive. Oh yeah. It, it exemplifies drive and commitment. Mm -hmm. And it's not always happy. Mm -hmm. it's, it's certainly, and, and some of these people are really messed up. Mm -hmm. um, but yet uh, they have the drive to continue and persist and produce something that makes people happy and mm -hmm. enriches people's lives. So that's cool. I also, um, I also like to read uh, historical mysteries a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that's another one of my favorite genres. Yeah, that's an interesting genre. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so. amazing. Any um, good recommendations? Um, well, let me tell you. What am I? What can I tell you about now that I've done? Going back to cloud life. Going back to my my reading history, right? Oh, I also like uh, I also like cozy mysteries too. I think uh, that's super fun. It's perfect for fall coming. I know, up. I know, cozy. I know, I know, I know. I'm trying to decide which. Um, oh, I read the Lions of Fifth Avenue. That was a good one um, by Fiona Davis. That was about. Um, it was it was sort of a kind of balanced between past and present that was a good one. Ooh, neat yeah. i know i like when they do that yeah, yeah. Um, on the topic of the musicians and autobiographies um weren't you a previous thespian or yes i was <laughs> yeah 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 my undergraduate degree is in theater arts oh nice yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so how i got to library <laughs> who knows who knows uh -huh. yeah were you um, involved in any plays? Or? Yes. You know, actually, I met my husband when we were both living in Chicago, and we both worked for a small theater company. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> were you in a any um, uh, big name plays? No. You know, our, our not big name, the plays were probably probably big names but mm -hmm. we um we actually my husband and i actually met this was a fascinating story in a 
It was a, an original production about the only uprising at Auschwitz-Birkenau, and it was written by a local, author, a local playwright. Mm-hmm. And the uprising was actually a women's uprising. Wow. And the women smuggled, the women worked in the gunpowder factory mm-hmm. because they could be trusted because they weren't going to do anything. But these women worked with, communicated with the men, and they smuggled gunpowder into, um, or the women smuggled gunpowder so that they were able to blow up a crematorium. Wow. And that was, it's a true story. And we got to meet a number of the people involved in that uprising. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, well, some of them. My character was actually killed. Um, but it was, it was really interesting and we would have discussion groups about it and, uh, it was, it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. The play really wasn't very good. It wasn't really well written, but it was a fascinating story. story. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Especially saying it's a true story. Yeah, that's... it is a true story. And it was very, you know, heavily researched and we met some of the people and we, it was very frightening, but we saw people's numbers tattooed on their arms wow. and, um, that's a real reality check. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. This was when you were in Chicago? That was when we were in Chicago, yeah. Wow. That's cool. That is cool. Very fascinating. Thank you for sharing that with sure. us. <laughs> and we will be back after these messages. Do you have a Swan Lake audition tomorrow? Have you always been a fan of the arts? Check out Medici TV, the world's premier resource for classical music programming, stunning live events from the world's most prestigious halls, plus thousands of concerts, operas, ballets, and more in our VOD catalog. Check out Medici TV today for free with your library card. And now we're back. Um, so those are all the tough-hitting questions that we had for today. Um, we wanted to end off with some lightning round questions. Sure. We don't have a time limit, so you don't have to answer as fast as you Good. possibly can. <laughs> it's just You have two seconds, and we're going to ask all these questions in about five minutes. So. <laughs> okay. uh, this is just more fun questions just to get to know our director more. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started. You can answer as lengthy or as little as you'd like for each question. But it's a lightning round, so I have to go fast. Uh, you can answer like one sentence. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. You, we still want to keep it fun, you know? Keep like, it fun. <laughs> Did you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, let's go for it. Okay. So what was the last book you read? Um, the last book I read was John Mellencamp's um, biography. Interesting. Jack and Diane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just called Mellencamp. Actually, it's a it's a biography by, by Re- Paul Reese, rather. Yeah. Uh, so, what is your favorite local restaurant? El Toro. Oh. Where is it? There are two. Actually, one's in St. Paul Square, and one's out on 1604. Ah, Mexican. Uh, uh, Spanish. Oh, Spanish. Spa- Ooh, restaurant. okay. Uh, what's one of the items on your bucket list? Um, I want to go to Rome. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. That's uh, yeah, definitely a must. Um, what is your favorite hobby? I like to run. Oh, nice. I'm not good. I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm not good at it, but I really enjoy it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Give me a second. So many. We've stumped our director. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, one of my favorite movies. Anti Mame. Hmm. I've never heard of that. Oh, stop. You would love it. You would love it. Rosalind Russell. 
um, it, it's, you know, you go home right now. No, not right now. <laughs> but uh, you might be able to. I wonder if it's available on Hoopla. Hoopla. Oh. It might be. Okay. Mm, you. It is hysterical. You uh, need to, you comedy. Need, yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite superhero? No. No. <laughs> I just don't. I'm not into superheroes. So. You'd be like, yeah, myself. I yeah. know. <laughs> no, you know, my husband and I joke about that all the time. Some genres just are not mine, and that's one of them. <laughs> Fair. Uh, if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, alive or dead, who would you choose? This is really, where did you come up with these? This is really a challenge. <laughs> um, anybody, mm-hmm. alive or dead. Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, that's a good Interesting. One. I like that. <laughs> I yeah. like that too. Uh, what's your favorite movie quote? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, this is going to be good. <laughs> I, um, th- it's Again, it's from Auntie Mame. Um, Auntie Mame asks her nephew Patrick's girlfriend, who is kind of vapid, um, and of course... Auntie Mame is a very uh, worldly wise, very well-read, very sophisticated uh, person. And, and she asks Gloria mm-hmm. um, if she's chosen her major in college. Mm-hmm. And, and Gloria looks kind of looks at her and says, chosen my major? Like she has no idea. Well, no idea. Mm-hmm. Chosen my major? Um, it's... Okay, taken out of context. It's not that funny. (laughs) You have to watch the movie. Oh, here's a good one. So we read on your staff directory that you love a good bad joke. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) Tell us a bad joke. So tell us a bad joke. Um, I should ask my husband. He he comes up with bad jokes all the time. And for the life of me, I'm stumped right now. I can't think of a single one. But I do do enjoy them. Okay. Uh, we'll email. We'll do a follow up for the next yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll I'll send a little note. <laughs> uh, so if you could only eat one food for the rest of your life, what would you pick? Arugula. Oh, that's wow. interesting. I, I know. I, isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. I, I, that would be it. Awesome. Yeah. If you could only have three things with you on a stranded island, what would you pick? Mm, three things, not people. Uh. You know what? It's fine. They could be a thing. We'll, we'll open it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say um, three coffee. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> I coffee for sure. Um, <laughs> a book, a a big book. Yeah. yeah I mean, because it's got to last a long time, right? Yeah. Um, and sunglasses. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a fair good one. Yeah. yeah. Gonna have a nice sunglass tan line yeah, at nice the end of it all, yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, let's my family and all that stuff. That's that's understood. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, so if you were stuck in an elevator, what song would you pick to listen to the whole time? Um, I was just, as a matter of fact, I think I'm just gonna say this: "Monkey to Man" by Elvis Costello. I was just listening to it on my way here, and I was like, "Gosh, I love this song." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Perfect for the elevator. Perfect for the elevator. <laughs> uh, which foreign language would you like to learn? German. Ah, oh, that's a good one. Which is probably available on Mango Languages. Yeah. It, is, it, is, so. it is. Have yeah. you started? <laughs> no, I haven't. You know, um, no, I haven't. I studied Spanish. Uh, 
in school mm-hmm. up through college. And so I always thought, gosh, I really missed out. I didn't take German, but I can. Yeah. <laughs> it's never too late. Right. <laughs> uh, do you collect? Do you like to collect anything? Hmm. Uh, no, I'm not really much of a collector. I'm not either. I like to collect myself mostly. Yeah, right yeah. Now, right? so my composure. <laughs> my composure. <Yeah. laughs> Do you have any pets? Yes. I have Ooh. a, um, and we always have dogs. Um, right now we have an, a dog we adopted from the shelter about 12 years ago. Ooh. Yeah, her name is Ginger. She's Aww. she's old. Oh, she's 12 very, years old. Yeah, she's old. <laughs> What kind of dog is she? She's got a history. Um, she's, uh, we're not sure. She's <laughs> a mutt um, mm-hmm. of a small. She's small. And we've never had a small dog before, but we went to the shelter and just sort of fell in love with her and she was kind of a tragic dog i mean Aww. she had she had all kinds of issues and um and we we kind of laugh about her she's she's overcome a lot but the fact of the matter is is ginger has she's not mean but like she kind of gets nippy uh-huh. and with certain people and my daughter always says that ginger is nippy with the people who aren't very credible so nobody believes her like <laughs> like nobody would believe like that dog just nipped at me she always picks the people uh, who are like not very you uh-huh. know, like little kids yeah. or like like people who aren't fully aware mm-hmm. um she's like they'll never believe you they'll never believe you exactly <laughs> oh my god it's a cassandra situation she's got an evil situation <laughs> cassandra cassandra from a uh, greek mythology oh right 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. It, was good. it was good so have you ever met anyone famous yes i've met a lot of famous people actually um my when i was in college we had a um I was studying theater we always had a, a guest artist program where we did a big production. There was an artist in residence for the semester. And mm-hmm. um, I actually worked, I was in a um, Richard III with George Grizzard, which was a really exciting and thrilling thing to do. So mm-hmm. there were there have been other people along the way, but when I think about that, I think that was the most interactive I've ever Nice. Done. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Uh, what animal best represents your personality? And we do accept ginger as an egg. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think oftentimes I think I'm, I think I'm kind of piglet-like um, because I'm always kind of wringing my hands and always a little anxious and always that's a little. Cute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you could break any world record, which one would you break? Where did you guys come up with that <laughs> um, I would love, I would love to break a marathon record. Ah, oh, that's a good one. I would love to. It's, are you kidding? It's never going to happen. But, um, no, but I would love to be. I would love to say I did that. that yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Have you ever? Do you run marathons? I have. I have in the past. I the, after the first one, I said I never have to do this again mm-hmm. ever, and then I did it again. And I've not run a marathon since. I've I've done half marathons several times, but yeah, no, never, not doing that again. I'm, I'm no. Yeah, better than anything I've ever done. So. <laughs> <laughs> and believe me, I wasn't I wasn't competitive at all. So. Yeah, it was just to get it. Just done. to do it. Just to do. <laughs> it wasn't competitive. Just first place. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's place. fine. Yeah. Did you wear um, a costume? No, oh. <laughs> no, I have no, I have enough. Like it's enough for me to wear clothes because uh-huh. it's like more weight. And, I know. So, you know I can't I mean? imagine I can't, the people who wear yeah. costumes. Some guy, um, the first marathon that I ran, 
some guy ran the whole thing in a Scooby-Doo costume. Oh, my gosh. And I thought, you are in. <laughs> yeah. That's oh. going to need some dry cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, yeah, good yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's a fact about you that no one would guess? Let me think. I'm kind of a transparent, actually. I don't think that there's anything about me that is really um, hidden. I was going to say that I was a probably that I was a theater major. Yeah, that one's um, usually a shocker. Way to go, Ruby. <laughs> yeah. We could have had that <laughs> right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, there's really nothing about me that I that is all that interesting that you know people would go, oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That one's a big goal. Yeah. I I did that audible noise when I read it in the staff directory. I was like, oh, a thespian. You <laughs> did. I remember. You were like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's a nice fun fact. What's the first concert that you ever went to? When I was really young? I I think it would have been Kenny Loggins. I think that was my very first concert. Nice. Cool. That was in seventh grade. Oh, Oh, wow. (laughs) I went with my older siblings. Oh, that's nice. So what's the last concert you've been to? My husband and I just went to see Lyle Lovett on last week. It was fabulous. (laughs) It was absolutely fabulous. And that's so recent, too. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. last week. Last week, yeah. You go to concerts often? As much as we can. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have, like, an artist that you haven't seen that you're like, I absolutely want to catch them at some point? Yes. Um, who are we just talking about that we want to go see? Uh, there there are a lot of people that I, yeah. I mean, I certainly I don't go to as many concerts as I would really enjoy going to see, but Every once in a while, Chris and I will say, "Ah, oh, no, that's one we have to get to." Mm-hmm. Um, now I can't. I'm <laughs> blanking. These are on the spot kind of. Questions. I know. You know that's thank, understandable. Well, that was our last one. So was, thank you very good. much. Oh, You're thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for participating in that. <laughs> so I want to ask you questions. Mm-hmm. What are you reading right now? Uh, oh so God, I had mentioned it. I know, right? <laughs> We've <laughs> right. never been asked this before. I love this, though. <laughs> uh, I had mentioned this in the last podcast that I started reading um, Dave Grohl's The Storyteller. I read that. Yeah, yeah. it's really great so yeah. far. Uh, I'm still working on uh, The Body Keeps the Score just because it's it's been... There's moments where it's like kind of hard to read or you got to put it down. So I'm like, oh, dang. What is that? Uh, so that one's about... Um, a psychiatrist, well, not a researcher into mental health and stuff. They uh, kind of go over how your body processes trauma and uh, the different studies they've done. They start with like world, uh, or excuse me, Vietnam veterans, and they go through different, uh, you know, like uh, survivors of assault or different kinds of trauma and just how your body processes that in ways that you might not realize and uh, different kinds of research they've done to get to that. So it's really neat. That's really interesting. Huh. Look good. It is on Cloud Library. And it is on Cloud Library. Check it out. Nice. Well, uh, thank you once again, Laura, for taking your time out of your busy schedule, opening all these branches (laughs) (laughs) to interview with us. I have to leave now and open a branch. (laughs) Just got an email during the podcast. We're opening another branch. (laughs) But thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to interview with us. Absolutely. This This was was fun. fun. Thank you very much. Cool.